I usually keep this pretty short and sweet and direct. Um, my wife will tell you I'm pretty black and white um, when speaking. Um, there may be some awkward pauses if y'all just y'all just let me. Kind of new to this speaking, I fill in for our preacher every now and then when he's gone. But usually it's a small crowd when the preacher's out. So, you know, I don't get a lot of practice. I know everybody's family's in this weekend, so I wasn't prepared for that. So um, let's get started here. So I get to fill in time to time when speaking for a preacher, and there's times I get nervous um, between sermons, when between these speaking events. I get nervous when it's gone some time before I've had to talk because I get nervous somebody's going to ask me to speak. And there's times I really get nervous when I feel like God hasn't put anything on my heart. And if somebody asks me to speak, I'm not going to have anything to say. So this message I bring to you today has been stirring on my heart for a couple months now. And when John got a hold of me um, to fill in for a weekend here, this felt good. Like I knew I had something on my heart and I knew that God was going to have this for somebody here this morning. So we're going to be talking about two things today. And the first, how do we deliver a difficult message? And it may just be the holidays when all your family is around. You may need to be prepared to do this. And by difficult, I mean telling someone something that you know is not going to be well received. We should all be able to relate. If you're alive today here, there is a good chance that you have been put in a situation where you had to deliver some unsettling news to someone, uh, whether it's on your, your account or on somebody else's. This always takes me back, and y'all think this is a little strange, but always takes me back to middle school when I had to call my girlfriend and tell her that I didn't think things going to work out for the long term. <laughs> now, you can imagine I was, um, I was nervous. You know, you go over everything you're going to say. You've got a script that you're going to say, but it, you know it's not going to go over well. You know, I know some of uh, the younger kids in here, they're like, you called her? Like, why wouldn't you text her or, like, <laughs> Facebook message? Like, who calls people? And then I got the older generation probably looking at me like, you called her? Like, why would you do that over the phone? Like, would, why wouldn't you go meet her? So that's not the point how it happened, but the point is that I had to deliver that message, and it got delivered. Um, so oddly enough, that brings us to our scripture, Luke chapter 4, if you'll turn with me. Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 24. All right, so we got Jesus rejected at Nazareth. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone was praying, praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went in the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight of the blind, to set the, opposed, the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote the proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we've heard you do, you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Now in this passage, Jesus has delivered a difficult message. Jesus has claimed that the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled before their very eyes. You can go on to read that by the end of this little meeting, they try to throw Jesus off a cliff. A prophet is not welcome in his hometown. I've got a quote here from David F. Watson that says, The prophetic life is not an easy one. In fact, it is likely to be quite difficult, even painful, because the prophet will inevitably conflict with a world that does not acknowledge the identity and demands of the one true God. And that's exactly how I felt in middle school when I had to make that phone call. I felt pain. I was, I was scared that it, my message wasn't going to be received. And we look at why God sent the prophets. For the most part, prophets, prophets were not well-liked people. Usually when the prophets had to speak, uh, people weren't living right. Or when they did have good news, you know, like in verse 18, Jesus quoted, they, they tried to throw him off a cliff. They didn't agree what, with what he was saying. So how do we do it? How do we prepare ourselves for these difficult conversations? We first must understand that we're not prophets. And don't get me wrong, like you could be a prophet, but sharing a post on Facebook or sharing, posting a meme doesn't make doesn't mean that you speak for God. God doesn't need us to judge, condemn, fix, or save people. Jesus saves people. We are called to share the good news and what he has done for us and what God can do for you. But Jeremiah, me, myself, I'm not saving anybody. If I condemn any man, I'm only condemning myself. Excuse me. Condemning myself. I can only share to you what Jesus has done in my own life, and praise God, it's, praise God it's that way. Can you imagine that responsibility of having that on yourself? Uh, my daughter, she loves playing outside, um, but also, guess what, lives outside, especially here in Quanta, Texas. There's snakes, yes. Y'all know this? Yes, okay. Snakes. Our neighbors killed a couple rattlesnakes right next door. I've caught a couple rat snakes. Um, but my daughter, she is going to have to learn how to live in a world with snakes if she's ever going to play outside. I've taught her how to do a walk around, how to clear the area, don't run or walk through a pile of leaves. I told her if she found, found a snake, don't run, don't scream, just come and tell me. Walk calmly and come and tell me. And the first snake I actually killed at my house was found by Shay, my four-year-old daughter. She found him on the back porch. She didn't scream. She saw him. She turned around and she said, calmly told me, Dad, there's a snake over here. And Dad took care of it. <laughs> Believe me, I took care of that snake. 
And she said it so calmly, you know, I thought, I was like, no, there's not. And she's like, Dad, there's a snake over here. And just that calm, she said it so calmly that I was like, she's got to be faking. So we often, we more often than not, we neglect sharing the truth with someone, choosing instead to try to protect them from everything. I could carry Shay Shay on my shoulders every day we're outside, but eventually she's going to get heavy. Eventually she's going to have to walk on her own and play outside by herself. Do we not share this truth because we believe someone won't hear it? What would mother-in-laws have to say if they knew their son-in-laws weren't listening, you know? Um, I'm just kidding. I have a really good mother-in-law, I promise. (laughs) You're not responsible for their follow-through, but you are responsible for sharing the truth with someone. There would have been only a few people that Jesus would have got to, that Jesus would even talk to if that was the case, if he knew somebody was really listening and who was going to believe him. And let's go back to that difficult message you're going to deliver soon, because we know this is going to happen. How do we do it? We better be in a good place to be speaking. If you're correcting someone, you better come from a good place. Y'all can't see it, um, but I'm getting a little sweaty. My mouth gets dry, especially when I'm preaching to me. It's a little harder to speak. And on this one, I'm definitely preaching to myself. Your actions will forever speak louder than the best speech you could ever deliver. Ask any parent in here. When you speak the truth, speak in, when you speak, speak in truth. Not your truth, but the one and only truth. Whether you're sharing the, the gospel with a drug addict on the street, or you're sharing the gospel, or you're teaching your kids how to play outside and be safe. Tell them the truth. Don't try to scare them with the truth. There's a difference there. It's just your job to share it. It's up to them to receive it. And that brings us to our second point of the sermon. I'm going to get a drink of water here. What was the first? How to deliver a difficult message. And that takes us, and I think the harder part of this, how do we receive a difficult message? We're, We're pretty quick to tell somebody, to correct somebody, but how good are we at receiving that message? We read in verse 22 how the people reacted. Isn't this Joseph's son, they said? And in other words, they were saying, who does he think he is? I know who him, him. He, he grew up here. Uh, he's just a carpenter's son. He's a nobody. They didn't hear the good news. They didn't actually hear what Jesus said. They didn't praise God that the prophecies have been fulfilled that the Messiah was sitting right in front of them speaking, telling him that God had sent him there. I went to this leadership class for work a little while back, and they had this statistic that said only 7% of what you actually say is being heard. I want all the women in here to hear that. For the husbands, only 7%. I know I shouldn't even reveal this, but 7%. So of the 100% of content that you lay out there, only 7% is being heard. And it breaks it down. The other percentages were broken down into body language, tone, and something else. I wasn't really paying attention, but I know at this point, the people hear what's important. The people got defensive. 
when Jesus was speaking to them. They got defensive. They were offended. They were filled with rage, and they rejected Jesus as the Christ instead of receiving the words that was spoken. How do we receive truth? Do we question where it comes from? Are we offended? Do we reject it? Do we shut it out? Do we act out in defiance in spite of it? Do we only listen to people we respect? Do we only listen to people who are older than us, dress like us, talk like us? We have to be very careful. We have to be very careful with how we receive truth. God uses all, and you just read in the Bible, God uses all kinds of the worst people to speak through. That's how we know it's God. He didn't use Moses when he was in the palace with Pharaoh to use Moses to speak. He used Moses when he was on the side of a mountain, uh, when he was a fugitive on the run, smelling like sheep to use Moses. That's how you know it's God. Are we the people who celebrate someone that was lost, who has now received Jesus into their lives, or or are we the people who say, I know him, I know how he grew up, I know what he's done, I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. We as people, we might as well push him off the cliff, because that's exactly what those people were doing to Jesus. It's hard to hear truth from the people we work with, from strangers, but sometimes I think it's even harder to hear it from the people we love. I'm getting thirsty again. (laughs) I'm preaching to me on this one. If you can't listen to some truth from the person you love, who are we going to listen to? We often think we can live like we want to because we are loved. I used to tell Stephanie this all the time, babe, this is who you married. You know, this is who you chose, you know. You said I do to all of me, all my bad habits. That's who you wanted. And can you imagine if we approached approached our relationship with Christ in that same way? What if we said, Jesus, this is who you chose. This is who you died for, all of me and all my bad habits. Where that is true, he did die for all things, but he died so we would be made new that we would be made a new creature where we would leave all of that behind. Our relationship with Christ is reflected, whether you realize this or not, in every relationship we have on earth. I can't be the same guy I was seven years ago when I asked Stephanie to marry me. I couldn't speak of the power of Christ if I refused to change and not grow. I couldn't speak of it if I refused to recognize and receive Jesus into my life, much like those people back then when they refused him. We shouldn't be the same person today that we were yesterday when every day presents the opportunity to get closer to him. Now, that's that's very easy saying that behind this pulpit. That's something I need to repeat to myself every day, and I'm going to read that again. We shouldn't be the same person today that we were yesterday when every day presents an opportunity to be closer to him. When someone has the courage to speak some truth to you, let's be humble and listen. Open your ears. Let's listen and respond in a way that brings us closer to the Lord. Much like David in his response 
and being called out for his scandal and affair with Bathsheba. He didn't run from it. He looked Nathan in the face and he went to the Lord to repent. Let us respond that way that grows us closer to him. Now, thank you all very much for having me here this morning. I'm going to kind of sum up this. I'm just going to pray over everybody this morning and just thank you all for your time this morning. Will you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you um, for this church. I thank you for this congregation. Lord, help us as we go out into the world, um, be prepared for those difficult conversations, God, that we always speak and live in truth, God. Help us always to live by your example and help us always reflect that. And when we walk every day, help us to know that it is our actions that speak louder than words, God. Help us to be receiving, God. Whether you're speaking through someone we know or a stranger off the street, God, help us to always be humble, receive correction, Lord, and just be looking for your guidance no matter what the source, God. Thank you for this opportunity today, Lord, to grow closer to you and just help us always keep our eyes open for you in the world. In your name we pray, amen.